Hi, you're listening to Ministry of Self, a podcast where we talk about the importance of understanding the self, how others can influence who you are and why our emotions drive everything. The Ministry of Self will discuss many and varied aspects to allow you, our listener, to assess and if necessary, reshape your emotional life. I'm Jen Cromedy and I'm joined by emotional intelligence practitioner Mike Martin. Welcome to Ministry of Self. Hi and welcome to Ministry of Self. I'm uh, Jen Cromedy and I'm here with Mike Martin and we're well and truly into the second series of the Ministry of Self podcast and as per usual I've had a bit of time to talk to Mike before we've started and again I feel well privileged to have the time to sit and talk about some of the things that I'm really interested in and some of the issues that I'm facing personally but as we also progress in this podcast it's been again really uh, interesting to hear from people who've been listening and the impact it's been having so I'd, I'd just say from the outset if you have listened and things have created impact in your life you know we'd love to hear from you anonymously or otherwise Um, we do have an email that you can reach out to us Um, and we're also happy to hear from people who might like us to come and meet with them or have a chat or um, do something in their organization as well Um, but that being said hello Mike how are you? I'm well Jen thank you very much. (laughs) Good Um, I know uh, we've got a bit of an idea of what we might be talking about today but I might sort of hand over to you Mike and say mm. how would you like to frame the discussion today? I think we might put out Jen straight away that we intend to do um, a few sessions on leadership today and what it all means and what leaders need to become to uh, operate in a beautiful equity workspace if you like and all of the sort of basic principles I think we need to talk about but one of well, the part of that is to for us to ask our listeners to come up with some relevant leadership questions that they think are important to them and that we can talk about and share and get together uh, a whole sequence of things about today's leadership that's relevant that takes into consideration all of the varying personalities uh, trying to get rid of positions in business and putting people in its place, uh, thinking about work hours and maximising uh, impact for the business over shorter times to have better life outcomes. So a whole range of things. And, and there may be organisations out there that could be interested in that because uh, there, there are, there are, we're in the mix between old rules and new rules where you go nine to five and... Then we get COVID and so therefore we had uh, work from home. Uh, There are some instances where work from home isn't working for some, but I think we could talk about a whole range of principles and measures that make that work really effectively and deliver good life outcomes at the same time. So that's one area. So if anyone out there has got any questions they'd like to help us with, can you please let us know and uh, we'll talk about them. So a few things around leadership and then say work practice. Mm. So for those who know me and perhaps read some of the things I've put into the local paper, this has been a topic I have been quite vocal on for some time, but it all comes back to how we treat each other, mm. I think. I think that's what I wrote at the time. This is based on probably listening to you for a long time too, Mike. But 
So I'll put that on one side and say I think that there are some organisations starting to look at what it actually genuinely means to, let's say, provide their staff, their colleagues, their contractors with the best environment for them to perform in a way that's actually going to have the best impact and outcome. Mm. So that's at the heart of it. Then it really is about how do you help support those people who can make those decisions, have that mindset. I just want to say the other thing briefly, which is if you ever, when we talk about leadership, it is such a challenging word and it's also a very crowded space. And so I thought there's probably those two things that would be great to talk about today. Uh, is in your mind, what is leadership? Because and, and then if you're going to start talking about the environment to support, nurture and advise people in leadership positions, as I said, there's a lot of stuff out there. There's a lot of stuff mm. that people put out there. And, um, you know, I think I'd like to probably understand from the outset what you think it all means. I think leadership is care, support and guidance and definitely equality across the board, no matter what position a person is in and whatever um, hierarchy is held by people, they've got to realise now that uh, to make them a good, caring leader is to make sure that everyone that they're guiding uh, is uh, in touch with um, what the leader wants but also vice versa. I think it's a very mutual thing. I think it's nice to think now that you can take away the screaming heads of businesses that think they get outcomes from demand. Yeah, they get outcomes but they probably get 50% of the quality. So I think it's a great world to be in but I think it's a care. Uh, thing, Jen. I don't think it's leadership. We might be able to drop the word altogether and um, find other ways to express it along the way. But if you support anyone and they know you're supporting them, of course they'll give you their best and they'll be honest with you. Don't forget to, when we support someone, particularly in a work workplace, we're taking care of their emotions as well and things that might be going on in their life. So the great leaders of the future, if we want to call it that, will be able to influence life positively by being a good guide and a good support so that they feel that they're in better hands in a workplace. So therefore, it's possible for them to deal with things outside whilst they're at work in an environment where that particular situation isn't occurring and they can divert their attention to creativity, doing their best at work. And therefore vicariously deal with other things that are happening. So I think leadership is very much part of life. That's what I'm saying overall. And just reflecting on the first series, mm. I'm trying to remember some of the exact kind of phrases we use, but I know we discuss this idea that by going through and understanding who you are, yourself, mm. your filters, working through those that have, influenced you in a way that's not an enabling yourself to be who you are mm. to then reflect on that but then move into the work environment uh, and this is just reflecting on something we were talking about just before the podcast which is often when you're in a work environment and there is that you said the word um, you know demanding outcomes or when people are behaving like that the first question is you know are you um reflecting to me more about you than you are about interested in perhaps the way yeah. I want to work. So I know I've said that mm. wrong, but for me understanding 
the things that so I've been in an executive position and I've had staff and I'm thinking now back 10 years ago however long you know in in terms of the way I used to think I should behave gosh it's a whole new world now where you turn around and go look this the levels of stress that executives and myself potentially in the past carried were because of all of these other weighted expectations that were outside of me now you turn around and go i trying to understand a bit more about who I am. I feel like I'm more, you know, able to understand the things that I can bring that are natural to me. Mm. And then all of a sudden, all that stuff around care, if you go to an executive and say, this is all about care and respect, I know people will find that challenging because then they will have to start thinking about themselves. And reflect upon all of the things that they need to sort of improve upon to bring that about. Now, uh, what's really, it gets back to, thing we're talking about with having a voice as well but that goes the other way with the the caring leader and the caring leader now has to have a listening voice and and the staff person needs to have a voice so therefore there's a there's a combination of power going on there which is very good someone starting to listen and then someone starting to have a voice now just imagine where time's gone by there's only been one voice coming your way in terms of you have to get there that's what you paid for now when we build relationships within organizations you're building uh, opportunities for people to be totally diverse in their approach now that's going to make the caregiver as the leader a very good leader because you're starting to understand that your major asset isn't your ability to direct is your ability to engage and collaborate within, to bring out the confidences and the assurances that people need to progress their ideas and to have arguments with you, to go against what you're saying because they've got a better idea and for you to have the skill to listen. And having that skill to listen encourages that person to keep coming up with better ideas and better ways to operate. I, I cannot see it failing, Jen. I cannot see it failing if it's done the right way. The right way is to drop all of the old-fashioned ways of uh, managing, if you like, in favour of being that facilitator of someone else's uh, abilities and creativities and to keep an eye on and and an ear out for the emotions at play. Sometimes people have bad days and they're not having a great day. Now, we could say, and we'll hear that old rubbish, leave it at the door, don't bring it into the business. Well, I'm sorry, that's just not going to happen. But for the leader or a person in that position to say, look, I'm not sure, but it seems that uh, you're not feeling as well as you usually do. Now, look, you don't have to answer that, but if it's right, is there anything we can do? Because then if you do that, that person's likely to recover quite quickly as well. And I think we've mentioned that before. Or they do need to take some time. The fact that you've allowed them to take some time, they will regenerate their positivity about you and come back and reward you. So if, if you get this stuff right... Now, I'm not talking about allowing bad behaviour, by the way, to just go. I'm talking about the genuine people who need to be treated and to be heard so that you can see uh, the totality of their talent. Just by the way you're uh, reaching in and seeing situations day by day that need your attention, such as having a bad day. And then how do you reward good stuff too? 
And so it's a really, it's a people game, Dan. It's no longer a process game. It's a people game that have processes running it. Mm. Yes, and I think you opened up by talking about not positions people. Yeah. So all of these things I wholeheartedly agree because I think that when you think about, <clears throat> pardon me, what, what, what is work, so I feel like in some instances that people create the process which becomes the work itself as opposed to focusing on the thing that needs to be achieved. And so this idea of constantly questioning where we're going and where we're going to land and what's the outcome we're trying to achieve yeah. constantly resets the conversation mm. And yes, there's a way to set up, a way to achieve it. But what I've found is people sit, and I'll use the word sit and spin, but they mm. sit and spin on the detail that's about the process. So I suppose when I think about then the sort of people who are in the positions that can have some influence on how we work, I always am also interested in understanding how to then uh, – talk to those people so some will naturally understand this that might be whether they're in the private sector or the public sector there's a whole range of different things that people are confronted with but there's a certain mindset that some people kind of get then there are others who are so deeply seated in the way that they've worked for such a long time it's very difficult mm. to move them so I think reflecting back on season one again when we had that series which was ask the questions to get the answers you need mm. Brilliant, Mike, by the way. Like great in terms of from what I've heard from other people, using that language to then flush out whether it's motivation or agendas or just they're stuck in a certain way of doing things. Maybe a bit of a discussion around if if you are in a position where you feel like this is actually the way I want to work, I can see this is the way we should work and I really want to have a culture, let's say, culture of care and respect when you are confronted with someone who's very resistant, I think it's probably really quite telling to perhaps refresh or have a discussion about mm. the language you might use in those situations. Yeah, resilience, uh, sorry, resistance, mm. um, which doesn't have resilience. <laughs> that's mm. that's just a defensive yeah. way of saying I've either I've stopped learning, uh, I don't feel confident anymore. Mm. Uh, what I do in situations like that is go back to the basics of understanding their talent. Why were they successful in the past? Let's drag all that back out because that's pure talent, creativity, intellect, being bashed down by perceived failures or not being treated well. So you, re you resile into yourself and say, well, no, I'm not coming out again, so I'm going to be defensive and I'm going to resist any change here. If you're a leader or a manager in that space at the moment and you feel like that... Um, it's time to trust yourself first, then to trust others and to start having conversations about, look, uh, we're in a different world now. I'm still in this role. I'm staying in this role. Can you help me understand what I need to do here for being a better leader for you? Because if you tell me what I need to know, I'll then relearn almost about who you are when in fact I've only got one perception of it now. So if you've got things to tell me about your ambition, you've got things to tell me about how you think the work could be, then I can relax and say, well, I'm improving as a leader because then I'm going to get a much better output from you and it's going to help me become a leader. So courage is required to say to someone, 
I haven't been feeling that well. I've been depending on my position to bring about outcomes. I know now that's not going to work anymore. So there's a balance here. I need to make sure we get everything done, we remain progressive, we achieve what we're out for. Now I want your help to help me understand how can we get all those things in a really joyful, healthy, mentally healthy way and so that we can all start to progress together and can I now take the position of manager away from your thinking when you think about me and can you make me a better carer for you? So picking up just on the last thing you said about almost inverting the conversation, uh, you've sort of spoken both about how a leader can think through their role in a changing environment and how there's – the first thing I thought of when you were saying that was often people – and you talked about talent. So often people get into roles and their talent or skill is acknowledged but the further they, say, climb up the hierarchy, the more protective they become of their position. So they lose this – sense of joy and creativity now Mm. i've heard that multiple times with people who are in senior executive positions because there seems to be this weight of perception or responsibility or whatever they feel is on their shoulders literally where they suddenly go oh i used to be able to have joy in being this x type you know technician Mm. or skilled operator now i'm i've got hundreds of staff and i feel like i'm not actually finding joy and using my creative brain anymore. Mm. I've heard this so many times I can't tell you. So what I loved about what you just said was it was first in the mind of the leader and then it was in the mind of the person who works with for that person. To get to that point that I know I will have people who might listen to this and go, Jen, that is so the opposite of what happens Mm. in life or in work. People aren't willing to be vulnerable, show that they don't know everything, that... The person who is, let's say, in a more junior position or, you know, not in the leadership position would feel so deeply concerned that they might be perceived as showing vulnerability as well when they want to be perceived as someone with potential. I think at the heart of it, it's how we actually can achieve that change, you know, in those individuals one by one to have a conversation like that. I can Mm. tell you this, I'm literally trying to remember if I've ever ever had a conversation with anyone like that in a in a particularly in a complex large environment well we're just starting out you know Mm. so it's new Mm. Uh, and by by within two to three years uh, if you like if you're in a position of leader you will not survive without having the courage to be vulnerable but you're right to further up the chain you go and i've been in those positions and so have you why does it bring pressure when in fact we got there by someone recognising something in us? So we, why do we suddenly turn it into pressure? It's because we start thinking about, well, I've got so much more responsibility now, but great leaders over the years don't see it. They see it as a sharing with all those they care for in their groups. So really... I think our mind goes to this, well, I now have to be more responsible because I've got this big position. I'm going to be judged a lot more harshly. I can get sacked a lot easier. Forgetting the fundamental reason you got there. Why did you get there and why are you now losing those assets that you once had that you might have been... Someone might have said, look, this person's really creative 
they think about things in so many dimensions. We have to get this person into a leadership role. So you go there and you forget all that. You think, oh, God, now I've got to be sort of strict and the guidelines, I've got to make sure that uh, everyone's doing their job. And usually have people coming to you with a whole handbook, like an operations manual that's like volumes and volumes of policies and procedures. Oh, get yourself across all these before you even start. Excuse me? (laughs) And and don't ever compromise this and this is our policy, don't change it. So we're actually creating a different mind to the one that got the job. Mm, So we're going to go back. We talk about self all the time. So let's go back and put it in perspective. Job is just a job. It's a place to go to, to earn money, to have great fun and achieve a lot of things. Without pressure and within within guidelines of creativity and great self-confidence, great risk and not caring about the outcome. Let the outcome come uh, as a result of uh, try and try again using people next to you. And understanding that you are just a representative of a group. So the higher you go, the bigger the representation you need. If you have 75 people reporting through to you, you have 75 minds to encourage, not to direct. So that is a complete difference. So when you've got 75 minds to encourage... You encourage their risk-taking, their courage, their creativity, their artisticness, their fun, their joy. And I'm talking about all of the natural, uninhabited, uh, unaffected uh, skills that we have at our disposal that go missing under pressure. So again, if you want to be in the leadership game or the care game later, start thinking about going back to your own basics first. What, what was it like for you when you're working for someone else? How was that making you feel? Were there parts that you felt almost bullied? Start thinking about deleting those things from your mind and recreating something, but recreate them around your natural assets that you once had. So if you're a great communicator and have lost that because processes don't allow it or it's too much pressure, go back to say, I want to go back to be... First of all, my great communicator skills. I want to go back to my uh, skills of being able to read the play. I want to go back there. Then I want to take them to my leadership now and then I want to throw them out there to everyone for them to tell me, can you see this in me? Or are there things that you see in me that I'm not using that you think are skills that I have and because of pressure I'm not using them? Can you now please guide me through so I can care for you. Mm. There's uh, a few people's voices are echoing in my head, which may mm. not be a good thing. Mm. <laughs> so I think if there are people who are listening in environments where they feel like the pressure is really affecting their ability to perform, which we hear all the time, mm. if there are people listening who feel as though they get quite uh, overwhelmed with how people are either behaving to them or it's causing them to behave in a way that they feel isn't themselves. Part of, I think, what we are doing with the podcast is getting people to have another, I think you will say, have Mm. another look, Mm. have another look. Mm. Um, What I've tried to do is use that to self-check my behaviours all the time. So when I'm in 
situations at the moment I'm an independent consultant so this is flexibility there but I'm also still dealing with people in complex and large organizations what I try and do is self-check on that too because as things kind of get quite um, uh, pressurized or people get sensitive about whatever it is that might happen the last thing I want to do is add to that so I suppose it's thinking about you were talking about the conversations that you can have with people in positions of influence or in a executive role where they're laying it out to say hey I want to hear what you think I'm doing that could help me perform better equally you can have people who will say that I suppose up the what's the mm-hmm. word up the, up the organizational mm-hmm. chart uh, when you are on this journey, uh, you said something at the beginning like, oh, this is this will happen pretty quick. Like in a couple of years, there will be no leader who can behave in the way mm. of the old style. Uh, where do you feel like that's going to happen, say, first? And what are those sort of indicators? Because people go, oh, that's not true. People don't change. Mm. First, first that's not true, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, let's be really clear about one thing though, Jen. Organisational leaders if you like have to get results this is not a conversation about compromising anything other than improving results by better methods if you like and understanding people better so for anyone that thinks oh we're going to get soft and we're going to allow this no no this is a much heavier discipline for people when you care for someone they have to be more accountable for you when you uh, guide someone along they will respect you because they know you're doing it. So their output and uh, standard of work will rise. That will take a little bit to do, but bear in mind that organisations that run now on an older system are getting very poor outcomes or nothing near the capacity that they should. That's because they're not in tune with their people. So this uh, way in which to lead uh, in a diverse space beautiful diverse space, means you're going to get much better outcomes as a leader because you've suddenly realised that you're tapping into the, and getting their respect for you. So all of the things that have happened for so long and so many leaders and managers have lost their jobs because their organisation is failing. Now, it can't fail to me if you're in the people space unless it's that business is not right. So essentially think about it. This is a great opportunity. So the first thing for me, have the other look. Go back to your talent base. Ask yourself why you were picked by a board of directors. Because you were good enough. Because at the time you sounded natural. So after three or four years in the job, now you don't sound natural because you've got pressure on you. So you've got to go and think, no, let's go back now. I want to go back and I want every person go from go to the bottom of the organisation and work up. Everywhere you go, build a relationship, build a better one than you had before or build a new one if you have to. Take them with you and say this is our plan for the organisation. Which part of your contribution uh, do you think, where does it fit in your view? So I want you to know how important your contribution is to the outcome that we're looking at here. And without you, we're just not going to get there. So what do I have to do in my chair to help you get there? Not just to get there but to expand on your performance, to bring out some creativity and some smart risk-taking, 
to make sure that you're feeling really good as a human being and you simply come to work. Deploy all those skills. So questions for me, I'm going to run one survey here. It's got one question for everyone that's working with me. How can I be better for you? And I can't answer the question myself and I can't do anything about it unless you tell me and trust me. How can I be better for you? So that throws up a few things. One is when um, you talk about working from the bottom up, I mean, there are different kind of models how people run businesses. But, you know, I'm thinking about this idea that when you um, are trying to create big change, like let's call this, I don't know, it's a revolution, through the process there will be questions that, yeah, you might want to ask. But at the same time, I'm assuming what will happen, it will throw up potentially roles or activities that now may be not needed. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there's some difficult conversations in that because Mm -hmm. I see it quite a lot. You change a process or you try and streamline things to get an outcome and a few things kind of trail off. This is when I know 100% that then some people become obviously quite nervous they feel pressured, they go, well, now my role might be made redundant. Mm. And I'm talking about this quite openly because I've seen it. Mm. So all of a sudden the complexity and the pressure and the behaviours change and it's how you actually do that in a way that's uh, open and honest. And so I'm just saying I get completely the questioning and the, the line of questioning and then how people can respond to that. But at the same time it means you'd probably have to reorganise the entire organisation. Am I overstating it? Oh, no, I think you might have to. That's just the way the world is. You might have to reorganise. But the, the start of it is to get everyone's contribution up to their natural standard and level. So once you do that, you're going to see where you have to change things. And then people should question then the well, things course, they're doing. Of course. In an open environment that is vulnerable mm. for them. Yeah. That is what I think would be the hope. Well, Without a, the feeling of retribution or fear. Well, vulnerability is truth. Mm. Vulnerability is clear and it's a very courageous, strong thing. Uh, it allows people to see you but it also allows people to see the talent that they may never have seen before because admission um, often brings out things that we hide within. That could be talent. Mm. But so I, I really think... A much more accountable workforce is brought about by guiding and caring properly and not the other way. Because the argument will be if we go soft, we won't make this. I disagree. A good leader will go to someone and say, look, we've said this before, don't let me stuff this up. I really need to know what I need to do for you here. And uh, so to bring the very best out of you, for you to bring the best out of me, we need to collaborate now, not position from me down to you, but equally. And I don't see where the big problem is here. It will cull out approximately 70% of today's managers. But anyway, we've got to start somewhere, Jen. But I just don't see how um, you can run an organisation with the complex world that we live in of pressures, um, people not feeling well, People without a lot of confidence and that's your staff. So what do you think the outcome's going to be? I mean, it's like working from home. Of course work from home. Of course have that freedom but have some measures in place to make sure that if you're getting 25 to 28 great hours out of someone, 
that's very profitable. You can measure in outcomes because you can measure what people are doing. And But if you've got someone sitting around in an office half working, doing 40 hours and giving you nothing, well, so just do the maths. Just do the mathematics and you'll see straight away that if you're close enough and trusted enough, even people you don't get on well with, you can have respect and trust with, if you don't have that as a leader, they will determine your outcome, not you as the leader. <laughs> mm. I'm, I'm reflecting on a few things that you said that will put so much fear mm. into some people because I truly believe what you're saying is the right, if there's right, wrong, like it's usually not quite so binary, but there is a way that you can achieve outcomes, but there will be resistance, mm-hmm. 100%. It's the way that you can then work through it. So there needs to be a lot of courage from people who are trying to put this in place yep. as well as, as you say, vulnerability. And we, I'm sure we've talked about this again in the first series, but it's about this idea that ultimately how are you going to be yourself in a role if you're not able to have those conversations because people do want to bring everything they are. So you said this idea of leave your baggage at the front door. I agree, you can't. If you tell people to do that, they will bring it in a different way, which Mm. will be behavioural, it will be, yeah, they'll shut down, you know, statistically. I know you love statistics, Mike, but, you know, something like 60, 70% of all workers are disengaged to some degree and some are actively working to sabotage organisations. They hate it that much, yet Mm. they feel trapped. So I think these are really pivotal things to talk about. Yep. Uh, but I can, when you were saying the things that you were saying, there was, if people <laughs> in those roles are listening, I'm sure they'd be like, that just is not going to happen. How do you fix confidence in this world? Let's talk about that for a sec. If you're in a managerial position or stroke leader, which we know are different, but if you're in that position and you really are quite tight and not as confident as you were, how do you fix it? doesn't even make sense but vulnerability is how you let other people Mm. you let by trusting them with their feedback to you if you like or suggestions let them help you get it back because nothing in your mind is going to help so if you go out there and suddenly say as a look i'm going to sound different to you today even if it's a one-on-one or a small group and say listen i want to be better now I've been working under the assumption that I need to be across everything. So I'm responsible for everything you do. Would you mind if we shared the responsibility and accountability? Because all of a sudden then you're going to have a lot of people uh, feeding into your confidence revival called staff. It's really simple. I've done it many times. I said, look, I, I don't know as much as you. And I'm not feeling as good as you either because I've been doing this for a long time and I'm really flatlining, not getting a chance to grow myself because I thought, well, I can't grow me because I've got to grow you. How about we just have a collegiate approach now and all be on the same page with this? Let's develop each other. Forget the position. Can I have your very best? And again, can I ask you to tell me what I need to do to play that part? So you want to get confidence back? That's how you do it. But you have to have the courage to trust. You have to have the courage to make some admissions about how you feel about things. People are very good units. If you start to trust someone, they will respect that because that's human nature. They'll also grow from it themselves. You've already said, can you help me feel a little bit about my decision-making here? 
not only will you know what they're thinking about it, they all say, they all feel very good that you've asked them to do that and they will grow straight away. And then they won't go home at 10 minutes to five <laughs> when there's a 20-minute urgent thing needs to be done. Yeah. And that's a really critical aspect. So for all the leaders and managers out there that need to get their true confidence back, the confidence how they got on the job, share with others, share your thoughts, put it to them. Can you help me understand this bit better? Can you help me get this out? Uh, we need to work together. Your confidence will come quickly through the resources of others and their trust in you. So you no longer don't have to work it out in your own head. Get others to help you release yourself back to the natural you. Yeah, and it just made me think that if people are really clear on their role mm. to achieve an outcome that they actually either agree with or believe in or both, mm. they will do that work. Mm. But equally then it's okay if they start a bit late another day because it's all about trust in the outcome mm. and the process. But I think that has been quite revolutionary in some organisations that I've been involved with, but I personally don't find that a difficult thing to understand at all. Uh, we're talking about other aspects here, Jen. We're talking about mental health. We're talking about psychological safety. We're talking about physicalness and health. We're talking about relationships. We're talking about life, all mixed up in a workplace. Mm. And all of those things are under assessment every day. And through the day, we have three or four great hours. We have Then we have a really hard meeting and uh, when you see someone that's in trouble at 2 o'clock that they weren't in 11 o'clock, say, you okay, mate? Anything we can do for you there? Now, always look after your mate because the minute you look after someone else, they will definitely look after you. <laughs> yeah. No, I was just I'm, I'm reflecting on quite a few things. Obviously when we talk, you know, the memories come back, right? Mm. That's just what happens. But what I will say is we've been talking for a bit longer than we probably planned. Mm. So uh, I want to say open invitation to anyone who's listening mm. who would feel like it would be helpful for them to talk to us to, into their organisation or in a forum, please let us know. We're really open to that. I mean, we're both self-employed consultants. We kind of, mm. you know, understand uh, the opportunities that could present itself if people are interested in this. Uh, but I thought I'd just wrap it up and say if there was anything else, Mike, you want to say, I think these are really big conversations that they are. And all organisations need to have. Yeah, we go back to our first part, Jill. We're inviting questions mm. about leadership that we can talk about uh, and under your name if you like yeah. on these podcasts. So sh share your experiences, particularly if you find yourself in a position where you, you do need to change the way your approach is. So what sort of challenges have you really got out there and send us the questions and we'll discuss them, which means that that means you can share with others what I'm sure is common across the board in so many mm. ways. So let's let's have a few discussions about how we put all this together, mm. bearing in mind that if you're in a leadership role, you're there for a reason, unless your father passed it down to a son <laughs> and something. But you're yeah. there for a reason. You have qualities that yeah. have always been there. Mm. And so it's time to get back to not be the one standout that needs to make it all happen. If you've got a hundred, it's a hundred in it, mm. not one. Mm. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. Well, I might wrap that up and say, yep, if you've got questions, please send them in. There's multiple ways you can contact us, but there is an email on the bottom of all our podcasts where you can reach out. So I'll say thank you and hope to um, 
talk to some of our listeners soon. Thanks for listening to the Ministry of Self podcast. Mark and I believe that it's for all of us to think about who we really are or what we can become if we're emotionally strong and fulfilled. The gifts accorded to us such as creativity, skills, beliefs and strengths are all much more enhanced when linked to our healthy emotions. If you're interested to reach out, you can contact us via links in this podcast description. We look forward to hearing from you and hope you keep listening to the Ministry of Self podcast.